everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Dynasty Zoltan Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dynasty Dad, Smash Accept Podcast, for another collaborative episode where we go through the updated Dynasty rankings for the top 12 for each position. And I gotta tell you, this was one of the hardest rankings I've ever had to do. So, listen up, hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 186 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Joining me is one of my absolute favorites in the industry. We've done a ton of different collaborations. You're going to be able to find this on his podcast as well. The one, the only, Dynasty Zoltan. How are you doing tonight? What's up, man? It's been a minute. Been a uh, pretty crazy first month or so of the season, but uh, great to be back on the Smash Accept pod and have you back on the Dynasty Zoltan pod. Yeah, I mean, like we we were doing this in the off season very regularly. Right now, I mean, obviously, I you know your your Patreon has been fantastic. I know you guys are doing a lot with the analytics, really trying to check things out with with people's teams. And you know, I, I'm excited to hear what's been transpiring with you and and how that's been going. And and as far as like how you're seeing things progress. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and back at you, obviously, uh, obviously, most people listening on the Smash Accept feed know all the great work you've been doing on your Discord and through the Patreon and stuff. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and it's been a wild start to the season. I'm excited to talk about uh, some of these top 12s. I, I can tell you this is this is my third in-season rankings update, and it's been by far the hardest one, uh, particularly at some of the positions we're going to discuss. So it's uh, it, it's been fun. I think the interesting thing this time of year, and we really get into a dynasty mentality, is I like to break my season into quarters. And I know yeah. you kind of do similar type things. Is I look at weeks one through four, and I really want to see. And when people DM me, I'm like, hey, let's let's let it play out a little bit. If you're in a little bit, you know, if you're in a rebuild situation, you know what you're doing from day one. You know, in a punt or a rebuild, which we've covered extensively. But how do you look at? You know, we're at week. We're going into week five. We're going to be into buys. That's why, why I really say that first quarter because you know what you have, right? Like you, you can see what's there. How do you talk to your subscribers and people that message you about, you know, what what kind of way do you look at your success? I mean, there's some guys that message me, hey, I'm two and two, but I'm number one in points. Other people say, hey, I'm four and zero, oh, but I'm last in the league in points somehow. Like, it's an interesting time where you really got to choose a direction, which is something I know you're very big on. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, what I would say is that when analyzing a specific player, it's after four weeks where their performance from weeks one to four is more predictive of rest of season performance than their uh, ADP from the offseason. So after the first three weeks, offseason ADP is still more predictive. Now we're getting to a point where, all right, Raheem Mostert has been awesome. Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, these guys have been incredible. It's time to adjust. And even guys like Dallas Goddard and Pat Fryermuth, who have been underachieving a little bit, it's time to adjust with them as well, Darren Waller as well. So we're getting to the point where more than 50% of what you can expect in the future is based on how they performed weeks one through four. When it comes from analyzing the team specifically, first of all, I don't really care about record other than when it comes to securing a buy. Otherwise, it's all about looking at points for because you don't get to choose the teams that you play. And also in a 12 team league, you're playing uh, nine of the teams once and only two of the teams twice. So if you're four and oh and you're last in points, it's pretty likely that you played four pretty bad teams in order to achieve that or just gotten incredibly lucky. So what I'm looking at is, all right, if I'm, 
if I'm 4-0 and and I'm fifth in points, maybe I decide to go all in when I wouldn't have before because I could actually secure a buy now. Even if I'm only the third or fourth best team for the rest of the season, I could still get a buy. And we know getting a bye week is what you really want to achieve uh, from your regular season. So I still lean towards overall quality of the team. I still like to be very objective when looking at it. And that's why my diagnostics model, I, I really like. Um, but it's definitely a time to look in the mirror. You're a third of the way through the regular season. You can really get a great sense of your team so far. And I love this because this is something that when you ask this type of question, you could you could phrase it in two sentences, but we could also fill six podcasts with this because I have oh, yeah. so many people they are like, hey, I'm three and one or four and oh, I have five firsts. Is it time to move in? You know, like, where do we do these? These are things that you and I both you know break down in our Patreon. So if you guys want those kind of things, hit us up. But what we're going to talk about first is the position that is the most volatile and this year more so than ever. I mean, Mike, we're, we're looking at the way that the top 12 running backs have shaken out, I have maybe half of them are the same area that they were to start the season. And this position has become for me, and and over the years I've really moved into, I'm building around young wide receivers, I'm building around those quarterbacks and my startups, and I'm buying production. But the running back position right now, I mean, I know you put out a series of polls today, and I'm interested to dive into them. But the running back position outside of B. John Robinson and Christian McCaffrey has been crazy to try to try to predict, right? Like week to week, we love Brees Hall. We love Jonathan Taylor. We love Jameer Gibbs. It's not really happening. Kenneth Walker's look great. Devin Atchain out of nowhere, you know, is like guy that you and I both love. Now he's catapulted into that area. So before we start breaking down the, the top 10 or the top 12, I should say, the running back position just keeps changing so rapidly. And that's why I've kind of adapted that where the insulated trades move ourselves back. It's become more volatile than I've ever remembered it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, after Bijan and McCaffrey, who's already 27 years old, there's nothing reliable at running back. You look, even even the guys like Kenneth Walker, who's getting 65% of the rush attempts, he's only running 40% of the routes. He's getting a lot of touchdown luck. And he's, you know, a top top six, top seven running back, depending on what you're looking at. Uh, as far as dynasty rankings, the polls mm-hmm. that we did today, he came in sixth. And you just can't be really confident in any of these players, which is why what you're saying, you buy production at running back. It's why buying players like David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert, mm-hmm. Kyron Williams, Zach yes. Moss, these are cheap options that you could get for basically free who can really benefit your team in the long run. So more than ever, I am shifting towards investing in youth at other positions mm-hmm. and not paying up for youth at running back unless you know they're a stud. And to be honest, it's even tough for those guys because the three young studs outside Bijan this year, Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor, and Jameer Gibbs have given you maybe one startable week. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just not happening for them. Yeah, and I think the tricky part is people see that name cachet and, and they keep saying to me, yo, I want to buy this player. I want to buy that player. And it's like, you know what, instead of doing that this time of year, go out there and like you said, Kyron Williams is just, he's young, He's his usage is, you know, 98% snap share, like he, it's its ridiculous and he's had three RB1 weeks, you know, and then you got guys like you said, Zach Moss, and I know he's going to taper off once Jonathan Taylor comes back and like I keep saying, once Jonathan Taylor ke- comes back, Zach Moss is cheaper than he will ever be and I don't foresee Jonathan Taylor playing the entire year. So he becomes absolutely cheap. Raheem Mostert, you know, everyone wants to buy a chain. 
right now, Raheem Mostert is going to cost you nothing, and we've already seen what he can do. You know, there's guys in that late first range, like the the James Cook, the DeAndre Swift, you know, that you could possibly buy. But it, it's become just let's let's invest in the next insurance running back. You and I did an entire series on that where yeah. we told you go get Jerome Ford. He was the biggest guy on our list. Jalen Warren, who hasn't quite popped off, but he's had some usable weeks, you know, and we're going to start getting into those guys that are going to win you leagues because, you know, obviously opportunity is everything, but obviously B. John Robinson is the RB one. You know, he got 80% of the votes in your particular scenario. People are asking me, Hey, what do I do to buy B. John Robinson? And it's like, to me, you get into an area where you, you know, trying to buy B. John Robinson, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Patrick Mahomes, trying to buy those guys. Your team has to be a juggernaut loaded with picks to try to make that. I have so many people saying, I don't have a lot of depth, but I'd like to trade my 24 first, you know, Brees Hall and, you know, one of my starting wide receivers for B. John Robinson. And as good as he is, it feels like it's a trap to try to buy that kind of production. Yes and no. I I actually disagree with you a little bit there. I think the fact that the running back position is so weak after Bijan Robinson inflates his value quite a bit Um, because we see guys like Brees Hall and Jameer Gibbs who are such tantalizing talents. Neither of them are like even startable. Like they may be Mm -hmm. flex options. If you look in terms of expected points per game right now at the running back position, um, Jameer Gibbs is in 27th. Uh, and Brees Hall is outside of the top 40. So what we're looking at are is there's just a huge hole. Bijan Robinson is already incredible. He's not mm-hmm. even getting all the work that we know he's going to get and the work that he's deserved, and he's already putting up big fantasy weeks. He's 13th in expected points per game. Um, he's 10th in points per game, and he's 21 years old in this offense. Hopefully, he's just going to get better. So... While I typically am not investing in young running backs like a lot of people are, like I might have used to be doing, Bijan Robinson to me is an exception there. Um, that being said, I'm not super confident trading three firsts for him, but there mm. are definitely teams where I would consider moving Jamar Chase for him. I would consider moving um, maybe like a Trevor Lawrence for him. I'd probably mm-hmm. want a little something on top, but I have a lot of these teams now where CJ Stroud was my third QB. Yes. I, I can now move CJ Stroud up a slot and maybe I can sell Trevor Lawrence. I I keep re- referring to the, the podcast that we did in the off season, but I mean, CJ yeah. Stroud was another one where we're like, he make sure you get him everywhere. I got him at 106 in almost every league. And it's like, he's my QB three. Now he's already a top eight to 10 dynasty quarterback where you have maybe 12 at the, at the latest where you have an opportunity now to make some of those moves, but you're right. I mean, Bijan Robinson, the, the question you and I had was how many targets is he going to get? He's third in the league in targets with 22, you know, like he is getting some of that usage and the carries aren't even quite there, you know? So once that starts happening, sky's the limit to speaking of sky's the limit, the guy that you have to have is Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I think every year I, I don't have him as my dynasty RB two. I have him as my three, you know, but I think Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he just put up 54 fantasy points this week. Like he is a league winner. As long as he is healthy, this is, this is the number one running back in football period. I've been doing weekly rankings in the Patreon and on Twitter. I'm not even going to consider anybody else, you know, like he is the RB one every single week. My question with, for you on Christian McCaffrey is I have a lot of people saying, you know what, like I'm going to give. Brees Hall in a first. I'm going to give Gibbs in a first. I'm going to give Ooh, Walker in no, a first. No. I, my question to you is when you're buying someone like that, like 
there is a timing for buying Christian McCaffrey, right? Like you have to look at your certain scenarios. I struggle paying up to get a guy that's 27 years old because if McCaffrey gets hurt, that value goes from second round startup to what? Fourth, maybe, oh, you know, fifth. Lower, lower than, than that. that. So yeah. we get into an area where it's like, if Jameer Gibbs goes down to injury, if Brees Hall goes down again, okay, they're going to slide back a little bit, but the age has a lot more insulation. Yeah, I mean, what Christian McCaffrey's been doing this season is insane. He's averaging 30 points a game. Um, whether or not that keeps up, who knows, but we know he can be averaging 22-plus a game. Um, and really, Austin Eckler is the only running back who's done that in the last three, four seasons other than McCaffrey. And McCaffrey's two years younger, obviously uh, healthier at the moment. I would not give up anything on top of Brees Hall. I do have Christian McCaffrey as my RB2 right now. I have him in a bigger tier. We'll get to some of the other guys later. Uh, but I did actually just offer Brees Hall for Christian McCaffrey straight up in a league mm-hmm. today. Um, I'm at the point where if you are a contender, I'm willing to make that deal straight up. However, I would not be adding a lot because like you said, there is no floor for a guy like Christian McCaffrey. And mm-hmm. even in this year that's been disappointing, we know Brees Hall is an incredible talent and he's proven it even in these difficult circumstances. It's just not translating to fantasy points yet. So mm-hmm. I'm not willing to do something like that for Christian McCaffrey. I'm almost more willing to say, let's put in uh, one late first if I'm a contender this year and then uh, maybe a promising young receiver like, Quentin Johnston that can be my second late first and then we can get Christian McCaffrey that way when I basically know what I'm giving away but I'm certainly not giving Brees Hall and anything of value to get CMC I like that Brees Hall comes in at the as the RB3 I had him as my RB2 obviously I mean when you have him on the field I mean he's gone up and carries every single week. He's gone up on snap share. You look at what the Broncos have given up and basically they are a sieve. This is Brees Hall week for me. I feel like this is your last opportunity to buy before he explodes because the yards per touch are there. They're still top in the NFL. You know, the Broncos gave up over 30 fantasy points a game right now. They are going to be giving up that to Brees Hall. Brees Hall is, you know, you and I had this in the offseason where he was our RB2. I've kept him there. I can see taking McCaffrey in that same area, but I'm all in on Brees Hall. You are as well. We've talked about him in the past. Where's the tear break for you in the, in the running back position? I mean, for me, I have Robinson by himself, and then I have McCaffrey, Hall, and Taylor. I, I've moved Gibbs down one. So we have Taylor as four, Gibbs as five. How do you see the, those top two, three tiers breaking out for you specifically? Not that the not the Twitter poll that we did. Yeah, for sure. So for me specifically, Bijan in a tier of his own. That one's pretty simple. And then I do have these next three guys: CMC, Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor. Those are that is my next tier. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to move on to talk about Jonathan Taylor, I'm down to do that. But that's where my next tier ends because. Those are the guys that I believe can be bell cows and are young, uh, obviously CMC excluded. The next guys on this list, I mean, we'll get to we'll get to HM. Like, obviously, he's shown a lot. Uh, There's still some question marks there. I don't have question marks about these guys, and especially hearing Jonathan Taylor is going to come back this week. uh, Mm -hmm. I think he should be right up there in the top four. Yeah, and that's where I flip flopped. I moved him there. You know, my next tier, I have Gibbs, Walker, ETN, Atchain, and Pollard. Pollard maybe slightly down a tier. I actually do have Pollard down a tier, but I have those four guys. I think Gibbs, we've seen what he can do, but it hasn't panned out. I mean, you, we were talking about, I wouldn't give a first. I recently traded Gibbs in a second for Christian McCaffrey, and I'm okay with that on an all in contender. 
Walker has been phenomenal. You know, we thought Charbonnet was really going to eat into that. ETN, a little bit up and down. Atchain's the interesting one, right? Like you and I have have had a lot of dialogue back and forth. Snook has him as RB9. I've moved him to RB8. I know other people are putting him up even higher because what he's done in two games, you have him as RB6. RB5. RB5. Woo! See, and I thought I was being, you know, I was getting on the on the ballsy side. What he's done in two weeks, you know, and I know that's a super small sample size. But the things that he's done, right? We knew he could do catch the ball in space and make things happen. But he's getting red zone carries and looking fantastic. McDaniels is putting him all over the field. And this is a, a supreme weapon. What we want Detroit to be doing with Gibbs, but they don't have the same idea of how to use him, right? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's pretty simple for De- Devon Achan. He's showing everything that we wanted Jameer Gibbs to be showing. And Mm -hmm. yes, he doesn't have that first-round draft capital, but let's not pretend that A-Chan wasn't a really talented player in college, and he actually handled a much larger workload than a guy like Jameer Gibbs did in college. He was 93rd percentile in terms of his target rate. He had 196 carries in 10 games his junior season. That's almost 20 carries a game. He's going to be able to handle a large workload despite his size, And of course, this season, he is first in yards per attempt, first in yards after contact per attempt, first in missed tackles, forced for attempt, first in explosive run rate. He's just been absolutely incredible. He's in the perfect offense for him. We're going to see all of his usage increase as it, of course, should. And even when you look at, he's basically only played two games this season. And if you look at last week, he played 66% of the snaps to Mostert's 41%, and he had 68% route participation. Raheem Mostert has been, you know, a top five surprise of the NFL season, and Devon Achan has made him a backup. So I am completely comfortable putting him number five. I would be comfortable taking him over Brees Hall. I'm not doing it yet because I think Hall is just a much more superior talent. But Achan is a year is is younger than Brees Hall. He's going to outscore him this season, and I th- nothing I've seen makes me think he's a worse talent. I know it's only been two weeks, but this hasn't been flukes. He's been incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing I've been saying in the Patreon a lot is I would I would take because right now most people aren't where you're at or where I'm at. They totally. still have him. I I was on a, a major website and they had him as RB eighteen catch up a little bit, you know, like what we have to look at is you can still get in a lot of your leagues, HN plus for ETN plus for Walker plus for Gibbs. Like you're going to be able to get yourself an area where I think you can get a second on top of all of them. In, In some leagues, you might be able to add a third and get a first on top, which is an absolute smash. And I think, you know, he belongs in that tier, Kenneth Walker, ETN, HN, who do you have as your sixth then? Yeah, and, and just referencing the Twitter poll briefly, uh, HN came in eighth place. So like mm-hmm. you're saying, I'm a little high on him. I think people are going to start to catch up. I mean, one more 20-point week, and I don't understand how he can be outside the top five. Um, number six for me um, was pretty easy decision. It's Jameer Gibbs. I'm wearing a Jameer mm-hmm. Gibbs jersey right now. It was tough not putting him number five. I'm just going to have faith in the talent. Um it sucks how he's being used. It's a similar situation to Brees Hall, but it's the same reason I had him below Brees Hall coming into the season was mm-hmm. that we saw six and a half very good games of Brees Hall in the NFL last year. I've liked what I've seen from Jameer Gibbs this season. I think he's looked pretty damn good. However, I don't think he's going to be used this way anytime soon. And 
it's concerning. I mean, we saw what DeAndre Swift, how he was used last season and how he's not being used this season. And there's no reason to think that Jameer Gibbs is going to change. He only had 14 snaps last week. He That was his uh, season high, not including the week that David Montgomery was out. Again, only eight rushing attempts. Um, it sucks. It sucks. But I, Jameer Gibbs is my number six, and that's where my mm-hmm. tier ends. Okay. And then I want to move into the next area because that's where, I mean, we have those guys in similar areas. I want to talk about nine through 12. We, we haven't gotten that far in your poll. I mean, Pollard went at number nine. I think I have Saquon Barkley at number 10, and it looks like he's currently winning that next poll. And yeah. then I have Eckler at 11 and DeAndre Swift at 12. But James Cook and Josh Jacobs are definitely part of that. You know, shout out to Jacobian for turning us on to James Cook. You know, he's definitely someone that I've come around on. Um DeAndre Swift is the question I get the most right now, right? Like, we know what he was capable of doing. You know, we were maddened by what's happening to Gibbs. That's the same thing that happened to Swift. Now in Philadelphia, getting this type of volume, like this is a guy where I'm I'm, I'm comfortable buying in on DeAndre Swift again. Am I being fooled though, right? Like that's what everybody says. You know, it's fool me once, shame on you. Fool me once, shame on me. Or fool me twice, shame on me. Is DeAndre Swift fool's gold? I am a firm believer that rest of schedule, he's top five to top eight. And if that's the case as a 24-year-old, maybe revitalizing his career. Yeah, I couldn't tell if you were uh, quoting George H.W. Bush there trying to do the actual saying. But yeah, I, <laughs> it's it's tough with the DeAndre Swift because he doesn't have any contract security. Yeah, uh, His contract's up after this season. They gave basically nothing to get him at this point. I think he's locked in to be a starter somewhere next year. And like you, he's a top 10 guy the rest of the season. I have DeAndre Swift coming in at number 11 for me. Um, So I do have him in this top 12, just to round it out. uh, Seven through 10 is Kenneth Walker, ETN, Pollard, Jacobs. And then I have DeAndre Swift coming in just ahead of Saquon Barkley, because I think Swift outscores him the rest of the season. And I've always said, if a guy's younger and he's outscoring a guy, you better have a damn good reason to have him behind in dynasty rankings. So I got DeAndre Swift coming in at number five. I'm not paying more than a you know playoff first for him because we've yeah. seen how things can go wrong, but I am comfortable paying that price. Well, And we looked at it. I mean, everybody was starting to say, hey, let's start looking into 2024 because the 2023 late firsts were not good. You got A-Chain and Laporta there at the end of that all the time. You know what I mean? You were getting those kind of guys. So let's not do the same thing for 2024. Those mid-firsts, you know, I know you've started digging deep into the 24 class. Those mid firsts are going to be just as valuable, if not more this year, you know, going into it. So if you're looking at something in that 109 to 112, I think that's a smash. If, if he's someone that puts you over the top, you know, and gives you a little bit of depth. If you had to pick one running back outside the guys that we just spoke about that is going to jump into that top 12 or has the potential. I mean, I know you and I were both big on Javante Williams. He unfortunately got banged up again, you know, and I was predicting that was, this was going to be his week and we saw what McLaughlin was able to do. So I think that would have been Javante Williams, but if you had to pick one guy outside the top 12 right now that we listed, who would that be? Yeah. And it's tough to see Javante Williams honestly wasn't even playing that well. He did come back early from an injury, but Mm -hmm. my guy is going to be Tajay Spears. Um, He's a guy way down on this list. We actually mentioned him in one of our preseason podcasts as a Mm -hmm. potential huge riser. He's played 50% of the snaps this season and he's run 50% more routes than Derrick Henry has. The Titans are about to enter a massive rebuild. 
Tajay Spears is a dynamic, explosive player who can play on all three downs. And he's already, we haven't seen any running back in Tennessee take any type of snap share or workload from Derrick Henry. And Spears is doing it. I think he's the starter next year. He's going to get a huge boost in the offseason to top 15 status, I would bet. I currently have him at RB20 just because he's not giving us that much this season. But on a tank, on a rebuilding team, he is my number one running back target right now. That's a great call. You know, I like I like that a lot. A lot of people were on to Kendra Miller for that, but yeah. Kamara is still there. That's another guy that I think has that type of potential, but maybe not necessarily for this year. I feel like it's cheap to say James Cook because he's like right there. The way yeah, that he's I, played I, has I blown have him my number mind. 13. I, yeah, I have too. him 13, so I thought that would be cheap to say, but yeah. Yeah, I know. Like it's, it's right there, but 5.3 yards per carry and getting the goal line work and getting, you know, 14 receptions at this point. Like, he is what we wanted other people to be in Buffalo, and, and it was just a great offseason buy. Let's move to the quarterbacks. I think the running backs were, you know, again, what the biggest takeaway from that is buy the cheap production when you can. We'll start buying some of these vets a little bit later, you know, once we get moving on. Uh, but let's talk about the quarterback position. So obviously the top three have not changed. You know, obviously Mahomes, yep. Allen, and Hurts are right there. I have moved Herbert to four and Burrow down one just because they were they were right there anyways. Um, but before we get to your polls, I want to I want to get your your thought process on Joe Burrow right now because we, you and I talked last week where I traded CJ Stroud in the late first for Joe Burrow. I feel like that gap keeps closing, but I think Joe Burrow right now as as crazy as it sounds, I did not have any shares before this week. I went out and bought 3 Ooh. because the talent is there, but the value like people are starting to panic. He's not next by next year on a rebuild. He's a top 5 quarterback. You like that's where he belongs. What were those trades? I'm curious. Uh, they were all just slight moves. Like I Trevor Lawrence in a second. The other one, like I said, was CJ Stroud in a first. And then I gave up Bryce Young, Quentin Johnston, and a second. So okay. I'm, I'm okay with those kind of moves. Like I'm not trading I'm not trading one of the big guys to, to scale back off to him. But I do feel like the talent on Joe Burrow belongs in the top five. Yeah, I traded Lamar Jackson straight up for Joe Burrow on a, on a team. I'm transitioning to a rebuild today. Um, I, I have the same order as you. The only swap I made since preseason was moving Herbert above Burrow just because of the, of the production the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Burrow is an obvious buy. I mean, we saw two years of him being essentially an MVP candidate. Uh, he's tied to at least, uh, Jamar Chase long-term and, Listen, I'm not going to say that the last four games are more important than the two full seasons that he had before them when he was putting up 4,500 yards and 34 touchdowns, right? Two straight years, 4,400 yards and at least 34 touchdowns. So I'm going to lean with that. This season, he has 38 points in four games. He had more than 38 points in four individual games over the last two seasons. It is, this drop-off is clearly injury-related. There was a good breakdown that QB School did on he's just unable to go even to a second read because he's so scared of getting hit. He yep. has no mobility. If the Bengals lose another week, I could see them shutting him down. This could be a complete throwaway season for the Bengals, and we could see Joe Burrow back at 100% strength next year. Uh, I might wait for that to go all in buying him, but I will be buying him a lot because we know what type of player Burrow is. And that's a top five quarterback for the next decade. Yeah. And I, I think we, we talk about it a lot and I know you do as well is like making trades at the right point. So I totally. drafted, I drafted Lamar Jackson in smash except uh, nine, I believe it was 
traded him for Dak Prescott in the first. Then I traded Dak Prescott in the second for CJ Stroud at the 106 and another 24 first. Then use that 24 first with Stroud for Burrow. If you do the math on the cascade there, it's it's Joe Burrow in a first for Lamar Jackson. So it's like yeah. being able to take the right timing and move things is, is just what it's all about, you know, and moving things around. You would have been able to buy Herbert plus, you know, for, for Burrow at one point. Herbert looks fantastic. Obviously, he's injured. He's our number four. Burroughs are number five in the poll that you did. Lamar Jackson is number five. I have him at number six. Um, And and crazy is I have it the exact same. I have Lamar Jackson and Anthony Richardson in a tier of their own at six and seven. I want to hear what you have to say as far as Anthony Richardson, because people are asking me, should I trade Richardson for Trevor Lawrence? I said, absolutely. At this point, you know, like I think Anthony Richardson's ceiling. Oh man. Like, where could you see him being by the end of the year? If he keeps this up, does he enter the the same tier as Herbert or Burrow? Does he pass Herbert if he stays this way? This is where this is where the insulation comes, right? Like, if you believe yeah. in him that much, would you trade Herbert for Anthony Richardson in a first right now? Richardson has been incredibly impressive to me, and I've always thought that the number one thing that Richardson has to prove is that he's an NFL quarterback because we know that the rushing output will be there. And it has completely been there even more than I think a lot of people thought, uh, which has just been incredible to see from Richardson. I think I have Richardson at number six, so I'm clearly almost there, but I do have him a tier behind Herbert and Burrow. I'm okay. Uh, if I moving down, if I can get a significant ad, but I'm not doing it for a random second. I still think there's risk there. First Mm -hmm. of all, I do think the injury risk is high. Um, I still think there's a lot to be seen as far as his upside passing the football. It's been awesome. I mean, he's put up 22 points per game so far this season, but he's also set records in terms of rushing touchdowns. That's not Mm -hmm. sustainable. So I'm going to hold off on moving him up into that tier three. Um, but he's damn close and he's my QB six. So I, I can totally see him there. And it's been fun because he's made Michael Pittman and Josh Downs both viable. Yeah. Like Michael Pittman has had a resurgence and Josh Downs. I know you've been huge on is a, is a huge dynasty buy. Like I'm seeing people buying him for late seconds and I would be doing mid seconds across the board, the way he's been playing. Um, but let, let's talk about that next year. Cause this is where it starts to get a little bit interesting. So the Twitter poll has Richardson or it has, sorry, Lawrence eight. Stroud nine, Tua ten, Murray eleven. I have Lawrence eight, Tua nine, Kyler ten, Fields and Stroud eleven and twelve. Um, and then I mean Kyler Murray, we know once he jumps up back on the field is going to, yeah. you know, instantly. We've said it all off season. Like I've been buying him everywhere. He's going to be there. But let's start breaking some of these guys. Tua has been phenomenal. I mean, you know, there, there's no if ands or buts about it. Where do you have him in your ranks compared to these other guys? Because I think. Lawrence has struggled. Stroud has been great. Two has been great. Fields, horrible for three weeks. Looked great against the Broncos, but that's created a window where if you don't believe it, and I put a thread out there, if you believe in him, you could still buy him cheap. But if you don't, now is your out. Yeah, I still have two. I have two as my QB7. I have him above nice. Lamar, above oh, wow. Lawrence. I'm I'm confident in Tua. I, I don't know. There's nothing more that I need to see uh, yeah. other than him not getting any concussions because mm-hmm. he is paired with probably the smartest offensive mind in the NFL right now, if you were to Absolutely. ask me. He is paired with four of the fastest players in the NFL right now. I've seen that they have uh, uh, Mostert, uh, HN, and Tyree Kill have the top seven times in terms of speed. Jalen Waddell is not slow either. 
I'm not worried at all about Tua. Uh, I have him at QB7 in a tier with Richardson and then Lamar Jackson and Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is another guy who, where all of the advanced analytics are incredibly high on him. Um, he's number two in big throw percentage, uh, only three turnover worthy plays, number two in PFF grade. He's right up there with everyone. It's just that his receivers are actually being pretty terrible so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calvin Ridley since week one has been awful. Um, their offensive line hasn't been very good, but I'm not worried about Trevor Lawrence. We're going to see him come around. Um, and then I have Stroud a little tier below Trevor Lawrence, but pretty much right there. Um, and Kyler, uh, to round out, I guess that would be my top 11 and then 12, 12 is tough. I I actually want to get your opinion on 12. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have it as fields. Like that's where I'm at with that. But then me too, but it it doesn't feel good. It, it doesn't, but then you look at what else is there. So my next tier down, I have Deshaun Watson, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Dak Prescott, Brock Birdie. You know, it's like I, I avoid that tier. Just yeah. to be honest, I own none of that tier. What I go is I go the next tier down with the Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Geno Smith. You know, well, I do have a couple shares of Purdy, but I kind of get into that area where I'm like, I want these guys that I'm going to pay less for Kirk Cousins, who's going to be a top 10 quarterback all year long. You know, so what top, are you paying? What are you paying for Justin Fields at this point? And is there a specific build that you're looking to buy him on? So what I what I on the thread that I put out for me, I'm buying him on a rebuild if somebody's willing to insulate with it. You know, if I'm moving off a of Lamar Jackson, because I've seen Lamar Jackson for Justin Fields in a first. And I would I would smash that because I think you're gonna get similar type ceiling play. But then you're going to have a you know some opportunities to sell. Like when he has these forty point games, we saw what he did in the past. Where you know week one through four, he was absolutely abysmal. Four hundred yards last year, he was a cut candidate. This year, you know through four games, he's at eight hundred and seventy yards. So that's almost double. Seven touchdowns, five interceptions. That's better than what it was. I know that's not sexy, but we haven't seen the rushing yet, and that's where I think the Bears coach is fired after this Thursday night when they lose, and someone's just going to be like, okay. I want a job at the NFL, so I'm going to trust yeah. Justin Fields to do what Justin Fields does. So I'm I'm buying, and I know I've been bullish, and I even saw on a couple of your tweets, you know, like you were you put a couple of things about Fields, and people were like, "Ah, oh, Dad's rolling over," you know. But <laughs> week four, he went out and did it, you know. And I think you're going to get some ups and downs, but I, I think right now that's where I'm at. It's like I would add to Deshaun Watson, I would add to Bryce Young, I would add to Jordan Love, you know. I, 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 what I've been telling everybody to do is if you're not comfortable with Justin Fields, sell him for Brock Purdy plus sell him for, you know, one of these guys insulate, get the production from a Kirk cousins, from a Brock Purdy, from a Geno Smith and, and do it that way. You know, cause a lot of people are worried and I get that. Like I'm, I'm not someone who worries about that kind of stuff. Like I've always been when Tyreek Hill got suspended, I'm going out and buying him. And when these guys, when something happens and a guy struggles and I believe I buy in, you know, that's why I have so many shares of Jalen Hurts. That's why I have so many yeah. shares of Josh Allen. And Justin Fields has been that guy for me, so I'm still there. But it's scary right now, right? There's no contract. And it's not like Kyler Murray, right? We were talking about if Kyler Murray were to leave Arizona, he's going to start somewhere else. Justin Fields is getting to an area where he's not winning. He's not looking good. It's just fantasy production. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. W- one thing you said earlier is you would trade Lamar for Fields in a first. Lamar is typically valued around three firsts. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that you value fields around two firsts or, or how do you kind of, I would parse pay. That? So in the Patreon guys have been asking, I would pay a late 24 and a late 25. I wouldn't pay two random 24s. 
that have an opportunity to be in there. But I would I would do it that way if that makes sense. Where it's not quite two firsts. It's like because I, I look at the twenty five not being the same as the twenty four. So yeah. it's like a one point seven five firsts is kind of kind of that Got area. It. And like you said before, I would probably look at it as if if I have I have some one year punts where I have like Quentin Johnson's my wide receiver nine. You know yeah. where I might do that plus a first to get into that area because we've seen some of the things from him. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. I acquired Fields recently for uh, late 24 first and second. It's a team where Joe Burrow was my QB2 and Kyler Murray mm-hmm. was my QB3. So now I'm looking for a QB2 replacement. Fields, I still think, is going to give decent production. I mean, he's averaging 18 points a game. Uh, obviously, a lot of that was in this last game. And he hasn't even started running yet. So I'm in a similar place with you as Fields. He comes in as my QB12. Well, I think Twitter really creates an echo chamber where people yeah. are just so out on a certain player that that everyone becomes out. And it, I, I like to zig when they zag. I like to move into those areas, not for a guy like Daniel Jones, but for a guy like Justin Fields, I'm in. You know, Daniel Jones has been my biggest dropper. That offense is scaring me, but we've hit our 12 for the uh, the, the quarterback position. I want to move over to the wide receivers. The wide receiver position has been interesting as well, but not at the top. I mean, the top... I want to move over to what you have. Obviously, Justin Jefferson on a historic pace. He's the wide receiver one. How much of a gap now based off of, you know, Chase is still, you know, in that tier. How much of a gap is there between Jefferson and Chase now for you? And then I'm not sure if you have, you know, Lamb or A.J. Brown or, or Amon Ra at three. But then how much of a gap is there between two and three? Because people are asking me, what do I do with Jamar Chase? Like there's a struggle here in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think there's a gigantic gap. Uh, The community agrees. Justin Jefferson won 94% of the vote uh, for the wide receiver one on Twitter. I don't think you could get 94% of people on Twitter to agree on anything. So that says a whole lot about Justin Jefferson. To me, the gap is quite large. I think it's a borderline first. Um, I'd consider paying a late first. To me, it's the difference between you know, a top five receiver, a top three receiver and a top three receiver of all time. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what Jefferson is tracking to be right up there with Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. Um, I don't need to wax too lyrical. We all know enough about Justin Jefferson. To me, the next gap is more interesting. And I still do have Jamar Chase number two in a tier of his own. What Mm -hmm. about you? I still have them in the same tier, but I think you bring up an interesting point there where if, if you're rebuilding, and you have Jefferson, would you would you take Chase, and what would that pick have to be on top of that? Would it have to be like 107, 108? Like, or we just, because we've talked about Jefferson, and I know I've come to you on some where I've, I've had loaded teams where I gave yeah. up Zay Flowers, JSN, and Kincaid for him, and that actually looks pretty good now. You know, like, mm-hmm. is it like B. John Robinson where we're just buying someone who's just so much better than everyone else? I am probably not moving. If I'm moving Jefferson for Chase, I would need a first that has the upside to miss the playoffs. So Mm -hmm. if I'm looking at a team that's three and one, but they're sixth in points for, maybe I would make that move. But more likely, if I'm trading Justin Jefferson, I'm I'm probably downgrading farther past Chase, or I would then go and trade Chase again, because Mm -hmm. I want the ability to absolutely dominate the trade. You Mm -hmm. don't get that by getting Chase in the 108. You get that by trading him for Jackson Smith, Ajigba, Sam Laporta, and Kyler mm-hmm. Murray, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the type of trade that you can look back on and say, I doubled my value. Yeah. 
Um, otherwise, I'm just not trading Justin Jefferson. Like, I know he's ruining your tank because he's too damn good, but there's someone in your league willing to overpay, and I'm not moving him unless someone overpays uh, because he's going to be just as good next season and the next six seasons. What I've been saying to everyone, and I know you say you have Chase in your own tier. My next tier is Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, and A.J. Brown. Okay. In, a, in a tier there, those three guys, where if I'm moving off a of Chase and I can get a second on top of any of them right now, for if I'm a contender, I have no problem with that. A.J. Brown's been the wide receiver one over the last two weeks. Amon Ross St. Brown has been fantastic. C.D. Lamb is still in that area. Is there anybody else? Like, Is that how you would would, would operate that? Or how are you moving around? Because Chase is just a hot button topic right now. You know, it's like just because of what's happened in Cincinnati and the way Burroughs played and the way his injury goes. I mean, if we switch to someone else, it's a tricky situation. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that Chase is going to be a guy that I'll be buying a whole lot of with the likes of CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown. Because I think there might be a time later this season where that gap is a second or less. Uh, my next tier has one additional player in it. Uh, actually my wide receiver four and that's Chris Alave. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super high on Alave. He had his uh, streak of 40 plus yards of every game in his career broken. Uh, unfortunately, uh, after 19 games, he was second in NFL history. Uh, Alave has been incredibly unlucky when it comes to touchdown luck In expected points per game. He's 10th just behind Jamar Chase. I think he's just an incredible receiver. Um, I have him right up there uh, with C.D. Lamb uh, and Amon Ross St. Brown and A.J. Brown. That that rounds out my tier three. I like it. My tier three, is since I have that there, is, I mean, I have I still have Garrett Wilson and Waddle not that far behind um, yeah. where, where Chris Olave is talent-wise. Waddle's remains my biggest buy. Like, people are so out. He's wide receiver 56 right now. Yeah, you know, can, and I think can we talk about him? Are, are you worried at all about Waddle? Because we've seen some int- – like, year one – the Dolphins were an absolute mess. Waddle mm. set the NFL rookie record for receptions, and his average depth of target was like Jackson Smith, the Jigba level. Mm-hmm. Ne- last year, Jalen Waddle absolutely blew up. His A dot was 18.1. Uh, sorry, his uh, yards per reception was 18.1, if I remember correctly. And he was amazing doing that. Now it seems like he's taking a backseat to this running game, and obviously mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill. He looks like the fourth option on the team. Are we at all worried about Waddle and the whole idea that Tyreek Hill has two years left when he retires? Waddle is going to step right into that role. Are we worried about that at all? Or do you believe that his talent is the same as Alave and Garrett Wilson? Because I think he is a kind of half tier down when it comes to talent. I think the offense makes him a little bit. Yeah, he does not have the same talent as Garrett Wilson. Like if Garrett Wilson was in this Miami offense, it's we're not even in the same stratosphere as yeah. what we're talking about. So I, I think some of that is aided by where he is. I think mm-hmm. he's a, a very high talented player. I think he's a top 12 wide receiver, but I think we move him up a little bit because he's in Miami knowing that, you know, if Tyreek Hill were to go down, he's going to be a top five to eight wide receiver on the year. But I, I mean, I understand what you're saying because the running game, it was bad when it was one, but now that it's Mostert and A-Chain, it's like, Ooh, they're, they're definitely eating into that, and they're eating a little bit into what Tyreek Hill's production was. Tyreek Hill, week one and two, was phenomenal. He's going to be right there. I mean, yeah. he's in the wide receiver one you know, discussion. But and, and, and to push you a little bit on that, if you have Christian McCaffrey above Jonathan Taylor, why do you have Jalen Waddell above Tyreek Hill? That's a great question. <laughs> that, that re- it really is. Um, huh. 
because I actually, and yeah. I'll let you think about that while I talk for a minute. I have Tyree kill above Jalen Waddle at this point, yeah. because I look at it and I say, listen, maybe tail only plays two more years. Maybe it's three more years, but if Jalen Waddle isn't giving me top eight wide receiver production, the 16, 15 points that he's giving me isn't that hard to replace. And Tyree kills 24 points are going to win me leagues over the next two years. So I have them in the same tier. My tier four is Wilson Hill, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle. Obviously mm-hmm. it's team dependent, but I was, just, I, I asked myself that same question when I did my rankings earlier and I said, I don't have an answer. So I switched. Do we, do we look at it like, and, and I mean, you're absolutely right. We look at the young, sexy wide receiver names that we don't quite see at the running back position because of the way it's, yeah. there's a couple of those at the top. And like I said, the middle class of the running back position has like disappeared, right? Like after we're doing our rankings after five, we were like, maybe this guy, maybe that guy, maybe this. Yeah. And we see that a, a wide receiver, we, we talk about that age cliff at 29 all the time, you know, as far as not production, but as far as value. Yeah. And then you see where Tyreek Hill is. And you're absolutely right. I mean, if, if you came to me and I was a contender and you offered me Waddle for Tyreek Hill, I wouldn't take it. Like I would not, I would want Tyreek Hill because he's going to yeah. win you the league. So I, I'm coming around. Like we just did a, a redraft show with Joe Arico, who's a fantastic guy to follow. But we were talking about in the redraft community where Devontae Adams was starting to be discounted like that. Keenan Allen, you know, like yep. these guys, we just, there is a real possibility that guys like Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, and and uh, Keenan Allen have a Larry Fitzgerald type trajectory where they're cheap right now. Like, a lot of people have them outside their top 15. Some of them having the even later. So that's a great question. I, I mean, I love that because we just kind of test each other a little bit. I'm glad you said you have Higgins, Devonta in that same area. The guy I want to talk about next that you just can't talk about wide receivers and not talk about is Puka Nakua. I have moved him all the way up to 13, and I got a lot of trash talk about it. But what he's done, just like what you have, you have H.A. moving all the way up to six. Puka has put up numbers like we've never seen. So, you know, we talked about ADP matters. At this point, it doesn't. Like what he has done over the first four weeks of the year of, of the season just haven't been replicated. And I know Cooper Cup comes back, but I think he's still looking at a guy that's a top 20 wide receiver minimum the rest of the way if Cooper Cup is healthy. Yeah. So who who do you have 10, 11, 12? Uh, Higgins, Smith, and uh, DK Metcalf. Okay. I, I'm a little higher on Metcalf than some, you know, but I think there's a debate between Puka and, you know, Stefan Diggs. There, there isn't a lot in that early teens that I love. I mean, you start to go with, you got production. If you like Adams and, and cup, you got youth. If you like, you know, Brandon, Ayuk, Zay flowers, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and jig, but there's a lot of money to be had. If you can pick the right guys in what I say is that teens, that 13 to, to 1920 range, which I think is a big tier worth like that mid mid-ish first. So why do we think that Cooper Cup's gonna get his role back? I didn't say he was. I'm just saying when he comes back at minimum, for Puka sure. moves as it. They'll both, I think, because of the way Matthew Stafford is playing, I think both of them are top 20 wide receivers. Yeah. But I think if someone came to me today, and this has changed weekly, right? Like if someone came to me today and offered me cup for Puka, I would not take it. I don't no. want Cooper Cup in that area. It, week one, when that happened, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I still want Cooper Cup. Week two, sure. Week three, nah. Week four, no. Not like we've seen enough. The question I keep getting people asking is Puka or JSN? And that I love JSN, but we have to at least talk about it a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, I still think JSN's a more talented player, but I do have Puka above him. Uh, They're in the same tier for me. Puka's my wide receiver 11 at this point. Um, So after Wilson, Hill, Smith, and Waddle, uh, I have Puka, Higgins, London, JSN, IU, and Diggs. That's my Mm -hmm. next tier. Um, Listen, you just, at, at a certain point, you have to look at what Puka's doing. And bad players don't do this at the wide receiver no. position. At the no. running back position, they do. You get guys like Zach Moss and mm-hmm. Kyron Williams. I'm sorry, he's just not good. But, but you if you look don't... at the top 12 wide receivers, only him and Nico are the only guys who are like, you didn't expect to be there. But 100%. those guys that do it, they have made that adjustment. Those are guys that belong up there. I I'm totally with you. The guy that you brought up that I'm really interested in is Drake London. Yeah. Drake London has gone from like wide receiver 12 to like a lot of people's wide receiver 20. The the day Tyler Heineke takes over, I feel like we get an uptick in Drake London. He's one of my biggest dynasty buys right now. 100%. He probably is my biggest dynasty buy after Kyler Murray. Um, Drake London is younger than Puka Nakua is something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. And he has a season under his belt where he was third in the league in target rate. So I am still I am still 100% in on Drake London. I have him at 13 because, listen, I Stafford's not going to be around forever, but he's only 35 years old. He looks healthy. He has Sean McVay. Um, and I'm going to keep, I'm going to have Puka Nakua cause I, I still think he's going to put up 16 plus points a game rest of season. Like if you ask me in redraft Devonta Smith or Puka Nakua, the Rams throw a whole lot more than the Eagles. Mm-hmm. AJ Brown is better than Cooper cup. So I might take Puka Nakua there and he's two and a half years younger than Devonte Smith. So I said earlier, if they're younger and they're putting up more points, why are they behind in dynasty? In this case, I do have a good reason. Devonte Smith, in my opinion, is one of the best players in the, one of the best receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Puka, I need to see it more. So I'm not going that far, but I'm pretty comfortable with Puka in that 11 to 16 range. The question that people ask me a lot is they're they're worried about Jefferson or not Jefferson worried about Chase. People keep asking me like, what's the difference between Puka and Chase in a gap? That's what I said. A lot of people are like, would you do it for a first? I was like, no, "No, it has to be two, you know, like, and then even then I'm like slightly worried they can't be too late first, you know? So there's a huge gap between one through five. And then once we get to those early wide receiver twos, late wide receiver ones. And I think, that's something that you and I both talked about there. And I, yeah. I really like doing this after you and I haven't talked for months. Yeah. We're kind of on the same page without even talking about it. And that really is something that makes me feel good about where I'm at. I, and I know you as well and our listeners. So uh, I want to move yeah, to tight ends. Yeah, ahead. although I'm sure I'm sure if you ask my fiance who sees your name pop up on my phone all the time, she she wouldn't say we haven't talked for months. But yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely, man. Um, is, I, is it saved as Mike or dad? Right now, it saved his daddy because I thought that would creep her out a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but because uh, it pops up on my phone, my son's like, "Some guy named Zoltan messaged you." I was like, "Oh yeah, so we'll yeah. kind of work it that way." I, um, I got one quick trade question for you about yeah, for that it. Chase Puka swap. Um, so to me, I would need two first, or I would need a first that I know is going to be top five this upcoming season. Um, are you taking Tyree Kill and Puka Nakua or Jamar Chase? See that that gives you nice insulation, right? Like yeah, you get be... to you get more production this season. Yeah. Honestly, double the production this season, and you get some youth. I I think this I would is take the it. weirdest. Puka Nakua is the weirdest combination of youth and production 
add a value that you could yeah. have. If Puka Nakua had round one draft capital, we would talk about him in tier one, if not at least in tier two. He would two. be above Jamar right? Chase. If like, he, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I would, I would consider that, you know, I think that gets you in an interesting area where you get two guys that are going to be top five, top 10, the rest of the way where Chase Justin Fields is actually a similar player where he has youth, he has production, but everybody's risky, right? His Mm long-term is risky. It's kind of similar to Puka, except obviously Puka has been a whole lot better this season. Um, But yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to some tight ends. Yeah, who do you have? And like while I'm pulling up your poll here, I want to talk about your your specific tight end tiers, and then I'm going to pull up the poll that you did, and then compare mine. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the poll, Mark Andrews came in first with 38 percent of the vote. Travis Kelsey had 35 percent of the vote in that poll, so it's pretty close between the two of them. Uh, Mark Andrews is my tight end one in a tier of his own. Uh, I, I'm very comfortable with him. You know, he put up 21 points. Um, in half tight end premium in 2021, he's over 18 points this season. He's only, uh, what is it? 28 years old. I'm very comfortable with Mark Andrews as my tight end one. I know I'm getting production for the next five plus years. Uh, he he's in a tier of his own for me. Mm-hmm. How, where you, so you have Andrews in a tier of his own who is Hawkinson your two or Kelsey your two. Sam Laporte is my two. Sam Laporte is your two. See, so yeah. I was going to talk to you about that because I have, I have, Hawkinson and Andrews in, in and Kelsey in one tier, but I'm starting to put, I have Laporta right underneath there. And it's yeah. similar. Like I have Hawkinson as my one and I know people are going to call me crazy, but he was the tight end two last year. He's the tight end one. Now, why would you have him similar to what we were talking about age wise? He's behind, you know, he's younger than Andrews. He's younger than Kelsey. A lot of people have still have Kelsey as their one and just hasn't had the same production. It, it's splitting hairs when we're talking about those guys. What I really wanted to talk about was Laporta. I, I think I, I came to you in the preseason right after one of my uh, rookie drafts, and I was like, dude, guy offered me Laporta for Waller, and I'm rebuilding. But I was like, no, nah, Waller's going to be good. You know, like Waller's going to put up those numbers. Sam Laporta is what we wanted Dalton Kincaid to be at this point. Uh, yeah. Yep. And I, I, I'm not saying you and I missed on Kincaid because we have him everywhere. Laporta is another guy that I have everywhere as well. but. Where do you have Kincaid right now? And how close are you to moving Laporta? Like you have him in that that next tier up? Yeah, so I have him as my tight end two overall. Um, so and and the reason is is that Sam Laporta has more points per game this year than TJ Hawkinson does any season is his career other than this season. And mm-hmm. Sam Laporta, of course, is four years younger than TJ Hawkinson. Um, mm-hmm. my issue with Hawkinson at tight end one. I just don't think he's that good. And I know that's that's like not yeah. the detailed analytics analysis I usually give, but I just look at TJ Hawkinson and I'm aware he's in the perfect situation and he was in a great situation in Detroit. We can mm-hmm. see that. Sam Laporta is doing better than TJ Hawkinson ever did in Detroit. So for me, I'm, I have Laporta above Hawkinson. I still have Pitts irrationally high. We, we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. Um, but I think I, the I, weird I, thing... The yeah, weird thing with Hawkinson is, and I think you and I both do this, is when we rank guys high, I have high ownership of him. And I have zero yeah. shares of TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. I have a ton of Andrews. I have a ton of Laporta, a ton of Kincaid, and a Me ton too. of Kittle. But I have zero Pitts and zero Hawkinson. Yeah, I, I actually do have quite a bit of uh, Andrews, Laporta, Pitts, Kincaid. I got a lot of all those guys. Um, I have a few Hawkinson shares just because I love the situation. Um, to me, again, kind of like Nakua, 
he's a guy that I prefer to own on contenders because mm-hmm. he's putting up a lot of points and I'm just not sure how long it lasts. We don't know how long Kirk Cousins is going to be the quarterback there. Uh, Addison's coming up. Jefferson's there. Uh, TJ Hawkinson's average depth of target is consistently low. He's just getting peppered with targets and that's awesome. But I don't think a guy who's averaged 6.3 yards per target as a member of the Minnesota Vikings, which is, you know, uh, 22nd percentile among tight ends that's not going to keep up if they want to win it doesn't seem like they are going to win anytime soon but i'm just worried about his long-term production there i see on your on the poll here they have laporta at four hawkinson three kelsey two andrews one then they go with pitts kincaid and kittle as five six and seven kittle's one of my most owned guys it's san francisco if if debo or Ayuk are out kittle eats if Smashes. not, it's like yep. in this weird situation. But Pitts is what I want to talk about. You know, guys in the in the Patreon are, I mean, one guy we suggested today, we added a second to Pitts and got to Mark Andrews. I didn't think that was even feasible anymore. But people are starting to worry. They're like, do I move off of Pitts and go down to Evan Ingram? Do I try to move, you know, what area? And the position, to be honest, is it's almost impossible to try to figure out where the 12 is at. I mean, like, it's Kittle, Pitts. Goddard's disappeared. Evan Ingram's had some nice games. Pat Fryermuth up and down. Waller has been disappointing. Luke Musgrave, I like a lot, but just not quite there yet with Watson coming back. I mean, it, it's, it's a confusing position where you want to have one of those top five or not at all, you know, and, and that's the, the weird spot. Uh, do you have Kincaid? I have Kincaid above Pitts right now, but they're right neck and neck. Yeah, I have Pitts tight end three. Um, it's it's a little bit crazy. I'm not going to deny that, but I look at this as at a similar explanation to why I have Brees Hall in the same tier as Christian McCaffrey or why mm-hmm. I have Drake London in the same tier as Stephon Diggs. I think Kyle Pitts is an incredible talent. I am not worried about him at all long term, but every week that goes by that the Falcons don't look terrible, even when Heineke comes back. I mean, Johnny Smith is leading the team. I was going to say Johnny Smith, six for six catches for like 90 yards. And we don't get anything like that with Pitts. And it's just, it's maddening after what we saw his rookie year where you were like, this guy is a unicorn. Like this is the next great thing that we're going to see here. It's just been maddening for me. And I'm like, I know on a lot of my rebuilding teams, I'm going to end up getting some shares because people are just mm-hmm. getting tired of it. Like, I th- I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to give up Evan Ingram straight for him to a contender or maybe add a late second or something like that. Like, the value is dipping more and more. Oh, yeah, it's, it, it's certainly dipping. I mean, in my poll, and again, my poll is mostly my followers, uh, he ended up going five, uh, which I think is higher than what the consensus might be otherwise. You mentioned uh, talking about, you know, if you're a rebuilder, this has got me thinking. We've been saying that a lot, and we're talking about the top 12 guys here. If you were to do a startup right now, you could leave that startup with Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Brees Hall, you know, Jameer Gibbs, Nick Chubb, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Kyle Pitts, like, All these guys are giving you nothing this season. And we have all of them in our top like six or seven players at their position. So it's it's a good time for rebuilders out there. It's going to be so easy as like people. I mean, I just, I just got Nick Chubb for a pair of thirds yeah, and I got, you know, Nick Chubb for Jerome Ford and like, 
it, October is redraft month. Everybody in Dynasty starts playing like redraft. And if you're in a rebuild, like this is where you can really start making some headway, buying injured players, buying guys that aren't producing. You know, like the people that thought Kyler Murray was what you thought he was going to be. He was not going to play early. Maybe yeah. he plays by week eight, but some people are starting to panic and sell him for, you know, get Kyler plus for CJ Stroud. Yeah, smash that. Like, go get that done. Because once these guys pop off, I mean, it, it's going to happen. And I think you can insulate off a lot of these guys and get yourself into an absolute and, dominant position. Yeah, and it's only week four. I mean, we're a quarter of the way through the NFL season. We're going to see, unfortunately, a whole lot more injuries. Let's get back to tight ends briefly. Uh, I do have Kincaid at six. He's in a tier of his own. I have him after the top five in a tier of his own. I have Kelsey right after him at seven. And then it gets to the place where who the hell knows? Because Goddard and Fryermuth have been pretty bad. Evan Ingram's been pretty good. But again, I don't trust him really. I think Ridley's going to come around there. They've been playing without Zay Jones, which I think has helped him a lot. Mm -hmm. I have Luke Musgrave and Michael Mayer still in my top 12, just because I believe in the potential. And it's not like like guys like Fryermuth and Goddard and Njoku and Waller are really giving you anything anyways. Um, so I'm just going to go for upside. Basically the way I view tight end is if I don't have Andrews or Laporta, Hawkinson or Kelsey, I'm just going to take Hunter Henry and then load up on, you know, Luke Musgrave, Greg Dulcich and, you know, Aconquos. I like Jake Ferguson too. I think he's yeah. just kind of like been a low key, just, just buy in there, but we're right at that one hour mark. This has been fun talking about like the new top 12s, uh, really kind of going over things. So you know, I've had a blast. I, I hope that you guys did as well. Um, Zoltan, why don't you take us home and tell us where people can find your work? Yeah, check me out on Twitter at Dynasty Zoltan FF. Uh, check out my Patreon. Uh, we got a Discord, all of my rankings, weekly waiver wire, and usage by sell updates. Um, also, my Dynasty Diagnostics. I'll analyze all of your teams. Uh, and what I'm really excited about, uh, oh, and the Dynasty Zoltan pod as well, of course. I'm also really excited about working on a website right now. Um, I'd say it's at the it's at the 10 yard line. Uh, probably going to wait till after my wedding next week to bring it home. But sometime in November, DynastyZoltan.com uh, will be live. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting uh, to be able to bring you all that in a slightly better format than I think uh, Patreon offers. I love it. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process.